Cradeline Network. My name is Conrad, and this is the 225th episode of Space Spinner 2000, podcast where we try to make sense of the UK Zone Galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. And this week, we're taking a break from our usual weekly progs to cover the 2000 AD annual 1991. As always, annuals are dated for the year after they come out in, and this is the 14th and final 2000 AD annual. This year, we're rocking the Gazba and getting installments of some very unusual thrills, including uh, Moonrunners, Night Zero, and Tyranny Rex, as well as the usual Strontium Dog and, Ju- and Judge Dredd stories we've come to expect. <laughs> the price of the annual is held steady, uh, has held steady at £3.95, but I'm most excited for my guest for this episode, Richard Chief of the Boys of Edger Comics blog. Welcome to the, welcome to the show! Oh, thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's crazy times. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks so much. I um, we recently had you on for the uh, for the Star Lordathon, so I'm so glad you could come on for for Space Spinner as well to talk about these annuals. Yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's 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 good to be here. You know, some interesting stuff in there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I look, look forward to to getting my teeth into. Absolutely, cool. So um, I know you were yeah. Um, so can you tell us your history with uh, 2000 AD? Uh, so my history with 2000 AD is, is pretty slim. Um, so I, I, I didn't read it, uh, as a kid growing up, uh, I was reading the new Eagle, um, which, which, you know, was mainly written by, you know, uh, Wagner Mills, uh, Alan Grant, you know, so, so there's yeah. a lot, a lot of, a lot I of, like the, you know, yeah, lot, lot, lot of similar talents between those, those two comics, I think. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. You know, you know, they're, they're, those guys are, you know, they're writing most of it, um, but I would see it around, and I had, you know, I had a few copies. I remember some of like the uh, like the US reprints, those those Eagle reprints, they were called, you know, sort of the US mm-hmm. comic size. There's one with, um, I think it's probably a Bolland cover, and it's like a big green tank squashing uh, Judge Dredd. So I guess that's, pr- I think that was a. Um, so it'll be like like an apocalypse war one or something. Yeah, like that's, that, that's, that's an apocalypse. So I'd read some of that, and I had a you know like occasionally I would come across you know, like a copy of uh, Best of Two Thousand AD. Um, so I had a couple of those, um, but uh, but but not actually reading the prog. Uh, you know, I, I, I pick it up uh, these days if um, I love Dan Cornwell's uh, artwork. Uh, so I always buy it, uh, for the issues that he's in, mm-hmm. uh, and and, uh, and uh, you know. I subscribe to like the rebellion, you know, all the specials that that have come out this year, um, but they're just, you know, the the smallest bedroom in our house, you know, is de- is devoted to, you know, is euphemistically called the study, uh, <laughs> but you know, but basically, you know, it's my comic cave, uh, and you know, there's just about room in there for the comics I want. You know, if I had all the 2080s as well, there were, you know, I, I, I would have already, I'd already be dead because I would have, you know, they would have collapsed <laughs> on top of me <laughs> you know, and I wouldn't be talking to you tonight. So, um, yeah, I'd, uh, I, I like, a, I like a lot about it. I, you know, I, I definitely rock its, uh, longevity, uh, and you know, the creators, you know, you, you see them in plenty of places, uh, and, and I love a lot of the things they do. Um, but yeah, I, the, there's just, I had to make a decision at one point. I was like, no, I just, no, I, yeah. I, no, that's just not going to be room for it, you know. 
<laughs> That's reasonable. I mean, I know my 2000 AD collection is all digital, I think. So it's, or yeah. I have wondered, I, I, I have a bunch of annuals and stuff where you're just sort of like, they're just sort of here to show the flag for 2000 AD than to really be like, like that giant of a collection just because, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's over 2000 issues. That's too many for. That's well, too many. Someone, yeah, yeah. Someone to have in their yeah, house. But, but, I'm, but, but I'm a big Dan Dare fan, uh, so I've got like all the like all the. So I, so I've got a. But I have a bunch of early 2000s that have got the Dan Dare strip in it. Um, so you know when, when Rebellion published those a couple of years ago in those two big volumes, one with the Dave oh, Gibbons cover, one with the Ian, Ian Kennedy cover. You know, um, so they were great. So so I do have a bunch of of early progs, um, but it's the ones with uh, 2000 AD with. Uh, Dan Dare in because uh, because he he's my real sort of comic interest. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I I remember when we were setting it up. When we were setting up this show, you asked if if we'd already covered the those um, early mm-hmm. 2000 AD um, associated Dan Dare annuals and stuff. And sadly, yeah. we had just because. Definitely on my list because they do have some Judge Dredd stories and stuff like that. At that point, there's sort of enough crossover between the two and stuff. But I, I, I really appreciate you coming on to uh, to the show. Can you can you, can you tell us about your blog, the uh, Boys Adventure Comics blog? Uh, yeah. So uh, my main day to day comics interest is uh, running my blog, uh, which is uh, boysadventurecomics.blogspot.com. Uh, and it's a blog I've been running for just over, well, it was four years in the sort of the start of September. Um, so, uh, so I post up something every day on there. Uh, so, cause I've been doing it for four years every day. Uh, <laughs> we're up to like post, I don't know, about uh, over 1500 posts, um, which, you know, is, is the workings of, of an obsessive. Uh, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no nice way to say this. Um, and what I'm looking at there is, you know, my area of comics interest, which is probably from the 1950s, probably the original Eagle uh, comic, the original Dan Dare, uh, you know, up until anything that's coming out now. So that's, you know, that's 70 years of comics, which is uh, enough to be going on with. And, oh, absolutely. You know, and, yeah. Uh, and you know, and, and, and occasionally, you know, uh, we touch on uh, Judge Dredd uh, or 2000 AD on there. So, like uh, for Dan Cornwell, for instance, uh, you know, one of my blog posts that I update occasionally, you know, is all his contributions to 2000 AD. So, you know, if you love Dan Cornwell's work, you know, I'm just keeping that ticking over with, uh, okay, and then this prog, you know, he's drawn this, and okay, and now he started doing another series. Uh, so he did that, and I guess the most interesting thing. I found recently for 2000 AD was in a. Do you know what a telethon is? I, I guess you have telethons. Right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, like a fundraising thing on TV or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I saw this book for sale, uh, and it was to do with a telethon that had happened in maybe 1986, uh, and you know, and it said it was cartoons associated with it and sometimes you know that means newspaper cartoons or you know mm-hmm. cartoons from people all over the world who you haven't heard of anything should, should i take a chance on this should i buy this you know because you, know, you don't quite know what you're going to get anyway so i so so i bought this thing but actually it was you know it was cartoonists um you know like proper cartoonists not newspaper mm-hmm. cartoonists you know <laughs> cartoonists <laughs> that, <laughs> that i'm interested in you know um had contributed to it uh and that included um uh john wagner uh with oh, wow. a w- with a 2000 ad uh judge dread strip in there uh and i was like oh 
you know, I don't think, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know enough about 2018 to say, you know, this has never been reprinted. But I was like, oh, this is published in some, you know, obscure book about a telethon. You know, I yeah. bet this hasn't been, you know, reprinted a hell of a lot of times. You know, surely everything in 2018 has been reprinted at least once. But I was like, oh, but maybe not this. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, that, that was a, you know, that was a great thing to find. Yeah, lots of pinups from people who'd worked on uh, 2000 AD, you know, as mm-hmm. well, and worked on other comics as well, you know, that I was interested in. So, so I really, you know, loved finding, um, finding that, you know, it's finding these, something that, you know, you're not, you know, finding an artist, uh, you know, or a writer, you know, in a place where you're not expecting to find them. Yeah. You know, the, uh, I, I really love that. You know, that's when it's like, oh, hang on, I wasn't expecting that here. And yet, uh here it is so yeah so so i love things like that so this this book you know that was like oh okay well i'll you know i'll put that up so yeah so i uh you know we'll put you know things up about uh, yeah i mean i've seen new eagle old eagle all sorts i've i i really like some of the stuff you've had up for uh for annuals recently like like in a big collection of like girl of like covers of like girl comic annuals and oh, just like, yeah. Yeah. like annual flyers and stuff like that from 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 Fleetway and elsewhere that I think are really interesting. We always see like, or we some, sometimes see little pieces of those in the pages of 2000 AD, where it's just like, hey, like it's it's annual season. Here's all the here's all the annuals out there. And I think it's like you know we of course look at the dread in 2000 AD ones, but it's funny to see all the like all these secondary comics are ones that I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't expect there to be like these hardback comic collections of whether it's like for a girl for like um, something for girls. It's all about like a, like a dreamy young celebrity hunks or like just some random TV cartoon show that I didn't even know had made it to England or something like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So because, uh, because like I said, my original, you know, my, original era area of interest was like was the new eagle which then sort of took me back to the old eagle mm-hmm. um uh, so that was published by a company called Holton press who were big at the time and they published so eagle was their title for boys then they had this title girl which was you know for girls yeah. uh, and then they had swift which was like for sort of younger children, you know, before they worry too much about being really a girl or a boy. Uh, right. And then before that, there's a nursery title, which is called Robin. So I've always been really interested yeah. in Eagle, but I was like, actually, you know, there is stuff going on in these other titles that, you know, that I, don't, I don't really know about. And it would be interesting, you know, because I like collecting the Eagle annuals, but actually I bet there's loads of girl annuals, and Swift annuals and Robins and, uh, you know, all that sort of, it's all out there. And it's all, you know, there probably aren't too many people who are, you know, left who are that interested in collecting uh those <laughs> titles uh so i just yeah it's just an opportunity to just sort of gather you know w- w- what is still out there because else you know it'd just be forgotten so, yeah i de- definitely i think that's a really um neat thing i think like you say it's very much something that is um I I think if if anyone decides to put effort into it, you could. It's very easy to become like a premier like scholar of like mid century like children's like English comics or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Like just because it's it's something that I think is in danger of being lost. I think so. It's 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 cool to see efforts to kind of preserve it at least a little bit. I also I've been really enjoying you. Um, I think over the last couple of months you've had a bunch of stuff about. Um, like Warhammer um, um, comics, oh yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. you know that's something that's that, that's that I'm I'm into in, in my other life or in in, in you know in, in, has other hobbies and stuff, and yeah. 
I think when I saw those comics, I didn't, I wasn't really up on all my creators and stuff. So it's funny to kind of see all of the, to re-see all of these Warhammer comics and now be able to really recognize a lot of these artists who are also kind of 2000 yeah. artists and writers and stuff like that. Just to see them, all these guys doing workaday stuff sort of popping up elsewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've uh, I mean, I, I, I used to love playing Warhammer, but, but I never, but I, I don't know why, but you know, but I didn't get the Warhammer comic when it came out. So it was something I've gone back to and tried to get. Ah, I still need number eighty-five, you know, and, uh, <laughs> every, everything else. But there's always one issue. There's always Absolutely. One issue. Um, but yeah, to go through it and you go, oh look, you know, you know, there's, you know, there are artists that that you recognise because they're two thousand AD artists, um, or then there are, you know, other people who've gone on to do other sort of, you know, pro work. Who, right. You know, maybe yeah, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe you don't know. Um, so someone like uh, uh, Kieran Gillen. Um, you know who's uh, absolutely you know, the, the wicked and the divine. You know, you know he's a big name creator. Well, actually, his, his first pro comics work appears, you know, in the sort of almost the last issue of Warhammer comic. Um, so yeah, so yeah. funny, yeah, like funny things that you know, even though you know they don't feel very old because they're like, oh, that was only in the early two thousands. You know, but it's like actually, you know, the, the internet, you know. F- you know, it doesn't have, you know, that, you know, not everything was recorded in the way that it's recorded now. So actually, if you know, you want to go back and find this stuff, you know, it's already, even though it's not, doesn't feel like it's very long ago, mm-hmm. you know, it can already be sort of, you know, uh, you know, falling through the cracks a bit of, so it's like, oh, I just, you know, just want to capture it somewhere. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it, it can be hard work, you know, doing something every day, you know, it is ridiculous, you know, nobody's paying me to do this, quite the reverse, <laughs> you know, you know I, I'm buying comics, you know, right. it's costing me money. <laughs> to do this and and it's my free time that I'm giving up but you know we all seem to have plenty of free time these days so uh I'm just trying to yeah you know uh, I enjoy doing it you know there are some fringe benefits for you know you know occasionally things that I, I that I get to do that you know I can just say oh look you know that's my sort of calling card I guess uh, <laughs> For sure, and you know things, things on Facebook. You know, if someone says, "Oh, you know, I, you know, what, what about that?" or "Who remembers this?" I can just go, "Yeah, I've done that. I covered that. Yeah, you know, it's on the blog somewhere. <laughs> you know, you can do it. It's like my second brain. I don't have to think about stuff anymore. It's like, no, no, it's on the blog. I've done that one. Don't worry, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. So uh, yeah, so uh, so I can use it for that. You know, not to sort of. It's just well, I've already written it, so I'm not going to type it all out again. It's all just here. So help yourself. Yeah, no, I I I I understand the feeling for that one. For sure. I mean, I feel like I'm in a similar situation for you know we're, we're in a similar situation here on Space Spinner for 2000 AD comics generally. I think it is one of these things where yeah, like once once we once we've covered the pro that prog or whatever it's fine just kind of be like okay like you know yeah moving this is sort of going to a deeper part of my brain i guess where i'm I'm (laughs) less actively than before you know exactly exactly it's done i don't have to think about it more i know you know if i'm sometimes if i'm out and i'm thinking you know have i got that comic have i got that annual i'm not sure i'm not sure i think hang on hang on i look it up on my and i look it up you know i look it up on my blog and go Oh, I haven't got that one. Okay, fine. You know, I'm going to pick that up then. You know, so <laughs> super useful, super useful. Run a blog. That's that's my advice to everyone. But uh, yeah, but, you know, don't do it every day. It's, uh, that way, madness lies. You know, just just you know, just do it when you want to do it. But uh, yeah, it's fun. It's e- easy to do. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. Definitely. Oh, that's fantastic. Great. Yeah. So I guess if if you're ready, we could hop into the uh, hop into the annual here. Talk about oh, yeah. these 
classic thrills and whatnot, perhaps classic yeah. in, in quotes for some of these. Um, just for just for context, I guess, for everybody, um, as we're starting this episode, we've just finished Prague uh, 691 in 2000 AD. So we've just started uh, Slain the Horn God Part 3 and the story Dry Run. Um, ne- Necropolis is well underway. We're sort of actually steaming towards the climax of Necropolis. Um, and we've also, we're also got, uh, the, the Harlem Heroes reboot and, uh, Medivac 318 running at the same time. Okay. But so jumping, okay. jumping into the annual itself, we've got a, uh, a Brett Ewan's cover. Um, uh, Tharg's throwing the devil horns and we have a bunch of characters from inside the annual <laughs> itself. Um, there's, uh, Flynn and, uh, Captain Flynn and Kara Nash from Moonrunners. Tanner from Night Zero, and then a uh, Dread and Johnny Alpha. I should mention that um, Kara Nash is on the cover, but not actually in this story. Just more of this Moonrunner stuff. I think she she's been in she's been in several of these um, annual covers, but then not appeared in the annual itself. Like that, <laughs> just sort of in Zola Pup. Yeah. yeah, just kind of we just got to get, get get at least one lady on the cover or something like that. Um, on the inside, there's a very shocked-looking Tharg drawn by uh, uh, Zach, San- uh, Zach Sandler with lo- looks like watercolors or something like that. Um, he's been doing oh, this kind yeah. of yeah. I, I love that much more than I love the cover. You know, as much as I, you know, I, I like Brett Ewins. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not mad on that cover, but yeah, but that sort of you know far out freaky uh, you know uh, picture of Tharg on the inside front cover. Oh yeah, I, I'd have that on the cover. Yeah, I, I think they sort of – I feel like always for these 2080 annuals, like the front cover is sort of character montage and the inside yeah. cover is like a cool yeah. Tharg basically. Like that's yeah. sort of the, yeah, right. the yeah. tradition for these. Um, but that takes us in turn to Thrill One, Judge Dread. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one's called uh, Sleeping Beauty. There's no credit card for it, but the art's by by, by Paul Marshall, definitely. Um, yeah, okay. If I had to had to guess, I'd assume it's Alan Grant writing with Tom Frame lettering, just because this one's kind of silly. And that's usually <laughs> is there Alan- a song? Is there a song? Is there going to be like a song? You know, if it's Alan Grant writing. I'm hoping there's going to be a song somewhere along the way. <laughs> you know, there's not song, but there are parodies. So I feel like what? that's at what? least as good. You know. <laughs> You've lured me on to talk about 90s 2000 AD, which even even I know is a, a slippery slope. You know, 90s Indeed. 2000 AD, people sort of go, Ugh. So well, you know, I'm it's, hoping there'll be a song. It's 1990, so, you know. <laughs> it's... We're at the top of the slope. Yeah, we're still, we're still, yeah. we're still tipping over the edge here. You know, <laughs> like you know, we got the we got the horn god in here. That's pretty well known. Like you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't told Fox about this, right? You know, he doesn't know about this. He thinks it's just good times all the way. He doesn't know about the nineties, two thousand eight. Honestly, That's it's a, it's impossible to keep it from him because any <laughs> any um any interaction is literally like, oh, you guys seem like you're having a good time now, but what about the nineties, huh? Like, come on, <laughs> like you know, be cool. I keep trying to say, like, you know, I appreciated how hopeful it was when when we were doing when 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 we were doing stuff in the seventies. For the record, it was like, oh, yeah. well, what what happens when you've been doing this for for fourteen years of progs, huh? It's like, well, listen, like, I'll be happy to do that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have other problems then. Don't you worry. So. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, oh, at that point, we're. At that point, so, we're, so, we're we're we're, co- we're 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 pot committed, you know. Like we've just we've accepted <laughs> this curse; yeah. we can't stop it at, at, at any rate. 
It's like <laughs> blogging every day. You know, you're in. That's it. You, yeah. you, you, got, you, got, you got a brand. Yeah. You got, you yeah. Once, you, brand. once you've done it like 20 times, you can't stop, you know. But this whole this strip, you know, when I look at it, I think, well, that's Prince Valiant. Absolutely. And I don't know how many, you know, you, you probably know more about Prince Valiant than, than I do. And I think really, do people, I wonder if people over here would have gone, oh, you know, like 12-year-old kids would have gone, uh, yeah, I see what you've done with your your Prince Valiant haircut there. Yeah, it's your, a it's but, a good question. Yeah, because it's a it's a newspaper comic strip here yeah. in, in in the states. Although I don't know, like as someone who read the newspaper comic strips, I must say Prince Valiant was one that I often skipped over because it, it didn't have word bubbles. It just had kind of like b- big medieval pictures and then like a lot of like text around it. It it, it was like an illustrated novel more than an actual right. Story. But and, when did yeah. it start? Like in the thirties or something? You know, it's been going. Uh, oh yeah, still no, going. I, it's I, not I, the same I, illustrator. I mean, yeah, definitely not the same illustrator. But I think it. I think it is still going. It would be surprising, yeah. but I think it's one of these. Um, it's it's one of these soap opera comics here in America where it's like it never like the stories never really end. You know. Okay. And like when you like uh, there was a there there was a joke. Uh, it, it was about. Um, it was about like um, one of these other newspaper strips, like like Rex Morgan, MD, or something like that, on a on the Golden Girl on on that TV show, The Golden Girls. And someone said like, "Oh, I haven't read that 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 comic in thirty in thirty years. Like, what's going on?" And like, and, and another person was like, "Oh, well, yeah, I I can get you caught up right right here. If you <laughs> if the last time you read it was thirty years ago, then it's later that day." And <laughs> Like, yeah, so, so I, re- I read Doonesbury. You know, uh, I, I I love Doonesbury. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's my man for all, all my American history and American politics uh, comes from Doonesbury. <laughs> so you know, so 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 I I, I love American cartoons, but only if they're called Doonesbury. Uh, so uh, so I'm hoping that you know uh, you know maybe if I, you know if I read enough Judge Dredd, there'll be there'll be a Doonesbury based strip uh, in it one day. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I could, I could see. Yeah, I, I, I could see him fitting in with the gang there. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it depends. I feel like you just need to get Gary Trudeau to watch like one of the movies, and he, and he, he makes like a floating Judge Dredd helmet could definitely stand in for oh, one, yeah. oh, one yeah. American that, politician or another for sure. That, <laughs> because of that, because in that strip, they do age, don't they? You know, they do get older. You know, they absolutely are, you know, a little bit slower. You know, than, than in actual time. Uh, but you know they were, you know they, they yeah, are. They were maybe the, thirty or forty years older than when they started. I mean, it's been going fifty years. Yeah, no, they were uh, all, all college students when it first started, yeah. and now they're all like grandparents and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Mike, BD, oh, Zonka, oh, I, I love those guys. I love those guys. So, Definitely. Anyway, anyway, we'll yeah. get distracted. You, you probably no. talk Doomsbury every week on the show, so you know we don't. I don't want to, you know. Listen, yeah, no, I'll get into We're it. We're losing I, listeners even as we talk. Oh We're no, really stop this. <laughs> but so yeah, so this uh, we see this print, this dashing prince named Vince, uh, like you say, clearly based on Prince Valiant, but he's so handsome that a second head grew out of his main head just to contain <laughs> it all. He's brackets that didn't happen in Prince Valiant mm, by Alphonse. Yeah, not not generally. I, I I did check, and Prince Valiant is um, coming out to this day. You know, it comes out on Sundays, but sort of there definitely with was one head, but with one head. Right. Was one last Sunday, one-headed, I believe. Um, <laughs> while on his quest, he arrives at the gates of Mega City One. He's looking for his lost sweetheart, Penelope, and Dredd just hurls some abuse at him, kind of a Monty Python and the Holy Grail style, I guess. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but upon hearing um, 
That's right. But 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 upon hearing the description of Penelope, Dredd recognizes her and says she's in an ISO cube. And now Vince is going in one, two. He pulls his gun. So Vince has his horse Dave go to aerial mode. So it grows uh, Pegasus wings and it flies over the wall, dodging bullets and stuff. Great horse action. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, man. Love a and Pegasus. You don't, you don't say it often enough in Judge Dredd. You know, but, but I mean, they... rarely do we have horses. There was that one talking <laughs> horse with that giant spot in that spider attack story, but otherwise, it rarely oh, yeah. comes up. Um, <laughs> so he, he flies into the city, attacks the judges with a magic sword, which is actually some kind of handheld military phase laser. And Dredd calls it in as he heads out in pursuit on a lawmaster. Meanwhile, Vince is flying over the city. He's asking for directions from passing like bat gliders and hang gliders and stuff. And one of them agrees and swaps his horse. And this guy looks exe- looks a lot like uh, Groucho Marx, the, the, <laughs> the comedian, which yeah. – Thus, the um, so the and and that's another reference to uh, to the comic uh, Cerebus the Aardvark, where oh, okay. in the first uh, Cerebus collection, there's a big Prince Val, there's a big like spoof Prince Valiant section, and the prince is being manipulated by this character Lord Julius, who looks like Groucho Marx as well. So sort of Groucho and Prince Valiant. This is all kind of a Cerebus thing, I guess. No, 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 nobody who's twelve and reading this is reading Cerebus as well. No, this is very much this. This one feels like like honestly, I think like semi commonly for annuals. This is one of these one where there's jokes, but they're mostly for the people making the comic here. <laughs> like, not not really for the kids buying it. I mean, I mean, I like at this point I think but but by 1990-2000 he's getting an older crowd, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. I think like maybe not the whole audience, but I'm sure there might have been some some like sort of teenage in the audience that were also mm-hmm. kind of getting into underground stuff and reading some Cerebus maybe. Um but yeah, but they they uh switch vehicles Basically, so Groucho flies off in, on the horse, and uh, and uh, Vince flies off on the hang glider, which good is, times. yeah, <laughs> definitely good times until the judges show up on an H wagon and net that citizen in the uh, in the in the Pegasus. Oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, anyway, Vince arrives at the um, – or gets more directions and finds her at a uh, at the cryo cubes, which are shaped like a giant coffin. Gets more directions, then finally finds her cell. She's entombed in a metal coffin and he kind of pulls her out and she's so lovely and innocent, but it's clearly a giant, a giant frog lady. Um, <laughs> Again, also not in Prince Valiant. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I assume someone's been turned into a frog at some point in the course of Prince Valiant. That just <laughs> definitely um, a thing. He says she looks so lovely and, and, and innocent, but Dredd disagrees because she snuck into the city to buy timers for a guided missile, but took a bullet to the brain. And now she's in suspended animation until they can heal her from that and inter- fully interrogate her. Uh, Vince is not pleased by all this. He goes to attack Dredd, but um, Dredd shoots the uh, the laser sword out of his hand and captures him so he can be interrogated and orders Penelope to be switched off, which is pretty rough. But anyway, none of them lived happily ever after. <laughs> that's that's, that's uh, yeah. That, that's the takeaway from this is 
Not, not, not a great fairy story. No, ultimate Judge Dredd thing is just keep your keep your fantasy tales away from Mega City One because they don't play around there. <laughs> the <laughs> they, they don't work with the law, you know. You know it's it, it's fan, you know uh, fairy tales and the law. It's not a good mix. No, good yeah. Mix. I mean, so many fairy tales are about are about breaking the law. You know, stealing things, yeah. killing mo- killing people, things like that. You, know, you got to be careful. Yeah, <laughs> assumed Not so many about uh, uh, missiles, nuclear missiles. This is like a whole new fairy tale. It's true. That's for our, you know, for modern times, I suppose. <laughs> and and speaking okay. of it, adv- yeah, oh, good. Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of adventures in modern times, let's go to Thrill Two Rogue Trooper Part One. Uh, script about Jerry Finley Day, art about Cam Kennedy, letter about Bill Nuttall. Um, classic Rogue Trooper action here. These ones appeared in. Oh, let me double check. He's a uh, probably three forty-three to three forty-seven. That's right, nineteen eighty-three. Yes, in the in the, in the three forties. Yeah. Um, we're sort of right on the verge of the end of the first round of Rogue Trooper here. Um, Long enough ago that probably nobody reading this annual read them when they came out in nineteen eighty-three. You know, there's that, and I think. Fleetway used to have that rule, didn't they? You know, you had to be at least five years old before you could reprint it in an annual because they thought your kids would only read your comic for five years. So as long as it's more than five years old, you can just re- reprint anything you want in an annual because nobody would have read it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's when the annuals start getting good is five years in. They can yeah. reprint like that Prague One stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I believe that's a, just a general comics rule at this point. I, I, I feel like I've said this a couple of times, but there's an, I read an anecdote in a, in a Marvel comics, like with, you know, in America that they sort of assume comic readers only read comics for four or five years. So they feel they can sort of redo stories um, periodically right. yeah. just because they assume that by, you know, if you're, if, after five years, no one who is reading the, the story the previous time can, w- w- would really be able to recognize it. Um, but so, Rogue Trooper, genetic infantryman, arrives at the Morak Desert and the souther base of Cairo City. Sort of a Middle Eastern-themed um, sci-fi town here. But as he arrives, he's instantly ID'd as a deserter and has to run from the, from the souther brass. He makes his way to the Gazba, which is the dirtiest, which has the dirtiest chem clouds in the city, and it's where sort of aliens live because they can survive in that harsher environment and stuff like that. Um, I do really like all these Cam Kennedy aliens around here. Actually, it's sort of a fun, ch- a, ch- a chance to draw some fun um, w- oh, yeah. uh, weirdos Cam- in these pages. Cam Kennedy aliens. Oh yeah, man, I, I could look at those all day. You know, they're just it's like. You know, Star Wars aliens, but, you know, taken up a notch. You, know, you can see why he worked on something like Dark Empire. It's like, you know, you can all, you know, even before, you know, you did that, you know, you could really draw very believable, very weird, but very weird looking aliens. Uh, they, they really work. I don't know why, uh, but yeah, they're fantastic. Definitely. Yeah, or uh, or the VCs in 2000 AD also. Yeah. Yeah. Big weirdo. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, so he heads to the uh, to the Rixba uh, cantina. The Rixba, Rixba, it's a joke. That's good. I like that. <laughs> oh, I don't even. I don't even get that one. Oh, oh, because Rick of Blanc- Casablanca. I got it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, we're on the same page. Um, <laughs> we there's a human bartender and a bubble dancer, which is a lady in a bikini. Either in a uh, a see through like chem suit or maybe just l- like a dome where she has a, a breathable atmos- a breathable atmosphere to uh, perform in. 
Um, the bartender says he's a chem vet. That's the only kind of uh, human welcome down here. When suddenly a bunch of big aliens speaking brutal, which Bagman, Rogue Trooper's bag, uh, backpack, translates, say they want to kick ro- Rogue out. This, of course, leads to a bar brawl. Rogue comes out ahead. Yes. He talks to an alien, or an alien as they call him here, about getting out of the city safely. And meanwhile, mysterious figures worry that Rogue showing up could endanger the plan. <laughs> ah. Oh, yeah. Always these plans. Again with the plans. Always the plans. <laughs> Love the plans. Always somebody going to make it go wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm living with my bubble at the moment, and, you know, it doesn't look a lot like that, you know. But, uh, you know, it's not go. the same when it's a personal bubble, you know, it's <laughs> oh, of, uh, I see. as opposed okay, to yeah. sort of a, house, a, family bubble, a, a household we're, bubble. That's a little different, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where we're going wrong with this whole COVID thing, right? You know, <laughs> but actual bubble. Oh, to go tomorrow, you know. Yeah, listen, we could all all play human conquers out there or something like that. It'd be, be good times. Um, so this takes us to uh, Thrill 3, Droid Lifestyle, Kev Hopgood, which is just a, a filler page here, uh, a questionnaire and caricature, various 2080 talent. Um, generally, they have stuff printed in this annual. Uh, this first one is for uh, Night Zero and Dry Run artist Kev Hopgood, who loves pizza, reads The Guardian, and likes um, I'm Gonna Get You Sucka and Heathers for uh, top movies, which I um, will co-sign. Yeah, yeah. And have you come across The Guardian? Do you know what The Guardian is and why he reads it? Because he's a pinko commie bleeding heart liberal? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I know, like, I'm, I'm definitely familiar with the Guardian, even here in our, okay. in our fallen times in 2020, because they <laughs> do have, like, they, they definitely do do American news coverage and stuff like that. Yeah, as well. yeah, 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 they do, they do a lot, don't they? So, yeah, definitely, yeah. And so, with that done, we now go to Thrill Four Shadow Ground. I guess speaking text of text uh, story, text yeah. story. What is this? <laughs> speaking uh. of speaking of words, I guess <laughs> we go to this. Uh, yeah, it's a John Smith text story. He's writing a story in. He's got a story in every annual this year, in the Dread annual, even in the one-off Rogue Trooper annual. He's got a story. Um, this one's got. Um, it, yeah. Written by John Smith, art by Duncan Figretto, who's very good at crazy body horror stuff and yeah. carries, carries his his weight here. Um, listen, tech story. It's a whole thing. This one's about yeah. the performance artist slash mercenary Tyranny Rex. She's on the run in a weird planet around um, alien Christmas time. <laughs> I Is believe it's yeah, called yeah, a yeah, Marty Miss yeah. here, but it's still basically Christmas. Um, it's still basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's still, I mean, I know there's only one text story in here, you know, and like, you know, annuals from the, like the 50s, you know, are just you know, 250 pages, but mostly text stories. Indeed, you know, a yeah. A few comic strips. So, you know, they, 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 you know they've, re, they've reweighted the balance, you know, the balance in here, you know, is clearly more comic strips than text stories. But man, I think this is... I think this is about the second time I've ever read the actual text story. The actual text story in an annual. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've got a lot of annuals upstairs, and they're just a point of principle. I didn't buy this to read the text stories. I bought this to read the comic strips. What are you doing? It's just you know. And then I read it, and like in paragraph one, you know, she's watching TV. There was always SMTV. 
the satellite snuff channel. Jeez, it was. This. Yeah, this is tough. Yeah, listen, there's some tough stuff in this annual for sure. Yeah. I, I got to say, it is. It's always reassuring when people say that. I think in yeah. the early days of uh, of the, of of the podcast, when me and Fox were talking about these ones, we always felt like self conscious about like I don't want to read these words, and so. <laughs> Hearing people say that they sort of passed over them is is always feels nice and just feels like a real co-signing. You know, these are very much like people talk about these being Christmas gifts, and I think you know, you know, you're yeah. you're having a rough Christmas when you reach a point where you've got to <laughs> you read, read the text, text story. story. That's like that's like oh god, what's happened to me? Like, what yeah, this? you remember that that year? Oh, do you remember it was so bad? I had to read the text story. You know. It was, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but so Bad times. Yeah, but but the the gist of this one is that um alien Christmas time, she hears some carolers be killed by invisible force, and it's a demon called an Asphyx. And this leads to tyranny getting armed up and going demon hunting at a Christmas fun fair. There's a good amount of just kind of ultra violence and body horror mixed together. Um, these creatures often take the form of mutilated and afflicted people and stuff like that. But in and you know, for Gretto's very, you know, draws a lot of sort of like the basically the top right corner of each page kind of has. Or, yeah, of, of each set of pages has, like, four images, and many of them are kind of disturbing. There's a lot of, like, you know, bloody handprints and weird words being written, bloody knives yeah. being held, needles about to inject people, weird faces and stuff like that. You know, um, weird stuff just to see on um, as, you're, as you're flipping through. But in the end... <laughs> nice Christmas. Christmas, you know, images, you know, Christmas fun, you know, that sort of... What is it? Page twenty-one for those people who are reading along at home. You know that image there: lick, slurp, drrr, lick, lick, yep. and there's this hand hanging down, and it's like, oh my, you know, that that yeah. is going to put you off your Christmas lunch right there. You know, <laughs> this 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 is not a story for this is you know if you thought you were having a bad Christmas, it was so bad you had to read the text story. Man, it got worse after I mean, you read the story. The judge, the 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 uh, the the story that 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 Smith wrote in the Judge Dread Annual is just the same. It's about somebody who works at a recycle and stuff, and it's real bad. Oh. Like these are oh. these are horrible Christmas stories, for <laughs> especially yeah, because these are given out as Christmas gifts and stuff. Yeah, so it's well, really, you know, it's tough. He had a, he had a bad childhood, this man. That's yeah. no good. He's freaking out these kids, you know. Um, but in the end, tyranny finds the demon hive, destroy it, destroys it. And, you know, very, like, says, ah, oh, it's, you know, a kid says, it's Marty Bustay somewhere. And as she walks out, it slowly begins to snow. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. Cra yeah, weird stuff. But speaking of ex of exciting deaths in... Um, <laughs> In the course of 2008, of 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 uh, of, of, of gruesome writing-based death, let's talk about Thrill Five: A Close Encounter of the Fatal Kind. Oh, Squarer, here he is. That's Finally. right. Script robot um, Alan Grant as Alec Trench, R.I.P. Art robot Carlos Escara, letter robot Peter Knight, and a classic future shock here, featuring the patron saint of all 2000 AD writers, Alec Trench. This um, is this is this is this is lovely stuff. I mean, it's a reprint, obviously. Oh uh, yes, yeah. When's this? This is from like Prog One Hundred Two, I think. You know, so it's ten years old. So hopefully, you know, no, nobody's seen this. You know, no, no, nobody's. You know, this is new to everybody. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this I for me, this one feels like a very classic future shock. I think just because it's one of the first times we saw the uh, the inside of like the 2000 AD nerve center with like okay. with these pictures of with, 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 with like these these caricatures of the robot um, of the robot writers and artists at the end and stuff like that. Um, and like Tharg himself appearing in a story and stuff. Um, and then after this happened, whenever there were stories that went into the nerve center, there was always a little memorial to Alec Trench hidden in the background of the uh, of, of of every comic strip. Yeah, yeah, because Tharg is wearing like he's in wearing like that jumpsuit that he wears in those sort of those early photos. You know, yeah, like it's definitely sort of, uh, uh, sort of like, 70s future look where everybody wears a jumpsuit. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm still waiting to get mine, I must say. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but it's, yeah, the, the, the Tharg here is very much, Iscare is very much basing it on like when Steve McManus would, would, would put on a literal Tharg suit for things yeah. as opposed to the more stylized versions we'd come to know as, as time goes by. Um, but yeah, so would-be 2000 AD author Alec Trench is tired of having his manuscripts rejected by Tharg, and so he's jumping off a, off a bridge, handcuffed to his typewriter to prove a point. But as he does, he's kidnapped by aliens! Oh no! <laughs> I've spoiled his fun! It's very sad, or something. Um, very sad, very sad. <laughs> they're going to do some tests on him and then kill him, but he convinces them to do the tests for a month and then let him go, which seems fair. Um, seems but it, fair. Yeah, until he learns that an alien month is actually 10 Earth years long. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Luckily, he's got a Bad. second plan. <laughs> In this case, bad, yeah, bad times for sure. Bad times, bad times. <laughs> Which is that he goes to take some 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 photographs of the aliens, like sort of going around taking some fun shots and stuff like that. But then maneuvers them to stand near some giant electrodes, which allows him to trigger them and kill them off. All right. Oh, I love that that on the bottom of page twenty-seven. That's sort of the way a square has him just just. Out of the corner of his eyes, he's got just that wicked sort of, ooh, I'm going to press this lever. You're going to, oh, I love that image. Yeah, the, is, is scary, the way Iscara just draws Trench's madness is pretty excellent. Just yeah. going through it all. like he's, he's just wild and unhinged throughout this whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but is he supposed to be basically a real writer? Is that what one of the writers look like? You know, is that like... Do you think is that uh, is that a thing? Is that supposed to be? Ah, that was when I don't. Uh, yeah. I, I forget if it's based on like he doesn't. He doesn't look familiar to me from pictures I've seen no. of sort of regular 2000 AD contributors and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But 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 he could be someone generally, and I feel like there are a lot of this sort of like you know bearded guys the in suits around yeah around the late 70s, early 80s science yeah, fiction beard. scene. You know, yeah, a lot of beards. <laughs> Um, so he uh, takes out these aliens and he yes. figures the story of a real alien abduction is sure to sell to Tharg. He types the stories up and sends the sh sets the ship's teleporter to land him in Tharg's office. But he miscalculates Ooh. and instead falls to his death uh, still again. Oh, no. <laughs> he passes Tharg's offices as he goes. And this is canonically the first time we get a look at the insides of Tharg's offices and the robot staff and stuff which we'd see much more in the coming uh, months and years 
And as he lands, people on the ground are like, oh, oh, things have been so weird around here since that alienist robots moved into the 30th floor. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the same. It's not a bad, you know, in terms of what King's Reach Tower used to look like, you know, that's really what it looked like. You know, a very big, tall building like that. Little funny building off to the right that was sort of like the snack and you know get a, get a newspaper sort of uh, mm-hmm. sort of bit so uh, yeah yeah you know it's you know it's quite um, accurate yeah, um, but sure i guess you know yeah. he would have lived in he was you know he lived in croydon so you know he would have been to king's reach tower uh, a square so you know he knew what he was drawing yeah definitely i'm sure yeah got a lot of basis for the uh yeah for the setting and stuff um, but enough of these exciting classic thrills. Let's talk about classic thrills in a far less exciting manner. With <laughs> thrill six, the 2008 index part one. Uh, now look, now if, you know, if, 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 uh, if box was here, you know, I, I know he's against filler, right. You know, and this is one of his things. So is this why you couldn't invite him on the show? You had to get somebody else on because this would, you know, he would just explode with too much filler, too much filler. I love this stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, <laughs> like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm of, I, I'm of two minds, and they, they, they printed these indexes all through the specials and um, annuals this year. There's, there's one of these in everything except, or in, in all the stuff except for the dread annual and the winter special. That uh, all the rest yeah. of these ones, like the sci-fi special, the dread special. This and the uh, um, those all have like basically these these big twelve page index section. Even Rogue has a two page one. And you know, it's one of these things where it's like I I understand that this index of stories arranged in alphabetical order with prod numbers and creator credits and dates and stuff would be super useful to folks in like pre-internet times. You know, it's it's literally the paper version of like the uh, the the Barney thing on 2080.org that I use to yeah. um yeah to catalog all this stuff and know where things are and stuff like that. So, I understand that it's super important and like helpful to nerds just like me that want to be able to know where things are and stuff like that. But it is not great reading for a modern <laughs> podcast, you know. <laughs> but, but yeah, most people reading this, ah, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know how much, you know, this is stuff I think, you know, if I was 12, 13, 14, you know, reading this, you know, and I was thinking I was having a bad, bad Christmas and I'd already read the text story, even, even then I wouldn't be reading this, you know, I would be <laughs> flicking straight through this. Me, me, myself personally, you know, uh, I love this and I think, oh, I would still use this. Uh, but, you know, 12 year old me would be like, this is worse than the text story, you know, uh, you know, turn the pages. Get the I, hell out of here. It could be that or – I mean but the alternate is like I could honestly see a young me seeing these and like – and like, you know, you – and like being like, oh, I've got to read this story or I've got to find that, um, yeah, you know, yeah. f- uh, f- uh, uh, figure out these things. You know, all the, the annuals do have all these like pictures of the different stories sort of up above them and stuff like that. And I could see sort of – Getting to a point where, like, seeing stories that I hadn't read before, you know, being like, "Whoa, like, what's what's going on with that? Like, what's Bonjo from Beyond the Stars?" You know, like, <laughs> yeah, what? Who is Dash Decent? Oh, I must seek out these back like, issues. Ant Wars. That seems interesting. I got to check it out. You know, and so it's sort of again, yeah, like, like it's something that uh, like. I know, like I know, I when I was a kid, I I'd like do little versions of these sometimes. Of just like, all right, like here's like you know, 
here's all the stories in the comics I'm reading and stuff. Maybe like awesome. I could see reading like having this and then like dr- like writing like rating like like stars next to the Ooh, my, yeah. Ooh, my stars, ratings of yeah. these different stories or whatever. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. That's but, what we gotta do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the end, as a as a as someone in twenty twenty with internet resources and stuff, I look at it <laughs> and I can see this is fill like this is twelve this is the first six pages of twelve pages of filler. So let's get going. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that takes us to Thrill Seven Rogue Trooper Part Two. Uh, script, yeah, same same uh, uh, team as before. Rogue gets a room at the Alien Tavern, pegged with a golden micro bar from Rogue Tro- from a uh, Bagman, which is kind of has like lying around basically. Um, <laughs> Love that! Oh yeah, gold micro bars, man. It's just from yeah. the it's it's from the survival kit, I guess. So it's probably just like a bunch of like random like I I I I know in like World War Two, like paratroopers would have survival kits that would also be like a chocolate bar and like some nylons or something like that. Things you could trade in the countryside for if you need to like yeah. get to safety or something. Like um, a map of France tattooed inside your jacket or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so the uh the bubble dancer offers to keep Rogue company, but no way, man. Like honest at, at this point he's fresh off of hanging out with uh with Venus blue jeans and from here to eternity or whatever. So he's he's, uh, he's got, got, got a higher yeah. standard or whatever. Um <laughs> Rogue's taken um first to room eight, but it's already being taken as well as room six and seven by a giant robot. Uh, or by a giant alien, I should say. It's just a bunch of tentacles and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I love tentacle action. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tentacle born. Oh, yeah. It's good times. Yeah. Weird stuff. Yeah. Um, Rogue gets a room and stretches out. But it, um, in the night, an alien is paid to unleash a three-headed murder snake into his room. Oh, no. Luckily, Gunner's easily able to take it down. Rogue runs after the assassin and corners him, but before he can talk, he gets hit by a throwing dagger with Nort markings on it. Oh, he's been Attack of the Clones. It's where someone gets where you try to get information from an assassin, but they're in turn assassinated by a weapon that gives you further clues. Great plot work. (laughs) Definitely. Um, The the, the Norts must be planning something and Rogue might just be able to ruin it. Why they don't decide to also stab him in the back at this point is beyond me, but whatever. Um, Tomorrow's D-Day and the Norts (laughs) will soon rule the whole desert. Yeah, and they got camels. Well, not a camel. I don't uh, know what that uh, is. Got- uh, stamels, they're called. These mutant, mutant camels that can survive the surface of uh, of, uh, of of New Earth. Yeah. Rogues fought those before. Jeez. You know, it's sort of yeah. this whole thing. <laughs> that and that and, and so now we go to Thrill Eight Droid Lifestyle. Gordon Robson. Um, questionnaire for top lettering droid Gordon Kid Robson. I appreciate this just because I feel like we I've seen the Tom Frame droid a bunch of times, but it's cool to see more lettering droids, I guess. And Robson does a lot of stuff um, at, at this point yeah. in the comic. Yeah. He's got yeah. a beard, stuff like that. It's pretty solid. Letters in the background um, of, his, uh, of, of his caricature. He yeah. likes chips and collecting comics, books, records, and tapes. Otherwise, standard stuff. Says he's a Scorpio. Good times. Um, yeah. And do you know who these, these, these ladies who he'd like on a desert island? Do you know who they are? You I don't know. If, 
I, I, I did not check out his uh, his choice for Desert Island Company, actually. <laughs> okay, so so I corrupted my browser history by, by, by checking these, these ladies out. Excellent. Uh, so, one, so Debbie, D-E-B-E-E, nobody ever spelled Debbie like that. Anyway, <laughs> so, so she's a page three girl. Do you know what a page three girl is? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you've done that. Okay. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, 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 I've crossed paths with some of these English things before. Definitely. Okay. And then Ma- Martine Bezik. Uh, so I looked her up as well. Uh, and she, and she's a, she's a Bond girl. She's a, uh-huh. she's in from Russia with love. She's like the feisty gypsy girl. Um, <laughs> uh, and she's in Thunderball as well. So something for everyone there. Um, yeah, it's got yeah, blonde, blondes and brunettes. Good times. Yeah, 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 Come yeah, on, buddy. You know, you're on a desert island, right? You know, you got ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, real. Okay, come on. Here we go. We got to get it together. Two, a little bit too lads, lads, lads at this point in the, uh, in the questionnaires. Um, oh, but I guess speaking of of a uh, young lads, let's go to mm. Thrill Nine Night Zero. <laughs> Watch or, out for the page three girl on the final page of this. But anyway, let's, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. We gotta, you know, or maybe lo- lost in zero this time. Uh, script robot John Brosnan, art robot Kev Hopgood, lettering robot uh, Gordon Kent Robson. Lost in Zero, Tanner, the Zero City cab driver with a cybernetic arm, happens upon a kid with a teddy bear in the middle of the street. He's lost, and he says his name is Leroy, and introduces his uh, his teddy bear as Bruce. Um. Not able, you know, Tanner's honor won't allow him to just leave a random kid standing on the side of the of the, of the sidewalk in in Zero City. So he goes to take him to the rent a cops, who are like there's sort of a human desk sergeant, but I I I forget what it's from. But these rent a cops feel very 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 familiar in their leather um, jumpsuits and silver robot faces and stuff like that. Um, but it's apparently it'll cost Tanner 400 credits to turn the kid in because that's like the lost child fee or something. <laughs> and <laughs> so, is, so I've never I've never read Lost in Zero before uh, until I read this. Uh, and I was really like, this is really trying too hard to be like the future is bad. You know, this is like worse oh, than yes. Legacy one. Because, look, you know, we got to pay the cops and the cops are robots and and it's just trying really hard to say how bad things are yeah it's, it's a very like, it's like the the main story is very much like this kind of cyberpunk noir kind of story okay. where yeah. like uh tatters is kind of like he's a cab driver but he kind of turns into a private eye and gets involved in like intrigue basically okay okay yeah but yeah this kid wandering around at night on his own with his teddy bear yeah that's nah. No good. No good. No good. We'll come with that. So, in the end, though, he doesn't. Tanner doesn't want to pay the four hundred credit uh, lost child fee, so he just goes to try to find the kid's parents on his own. Yeah. Um. As they head out, Leroy wanders off, and Tanner finds him in a uh, in a side alley, like being menaced by a giant murder worm. Oh no! Oh no! No. Luckily, he's uh, Tanner's able to take it out. He's his uh, cyber arm, like the fi- the index finger, like f- uh, is a gun that can you know shoot things and blah blah blah. So he just kind of shoots the worm in the face and takes it out. Um, he tr- he tries to take uh, Leroy to his girlfriend Alana's place, who's also from sort of the Night Zero story. She thinks Leroy's a, like like a cute kid until he gooses her, and then <laughs> she's like, "Get this kid out of here! I don't need this. I don't need this business." <laughs> like, I don't, 
<laughs> Need some weird perv kid hanging out in my house <laughs> who steal my underwear or something. Um, she suggests that they drive around until he notices something familiar, and eventually the kid does an abandoned high rise, which seems uh, like yes. seems rough. Um, the kid clearly has it wrong, but they go in anyway. And inside the building, they get attacked by crazy bat dudes. Oh no! Uh, it's man bat. There's <laughs> a crossover. Oh man, yeah. Listen, Man Bat's tired of cleaning up Gotham, and now he's just going to clean up randos in uh, in in Zero City. And so uh, Leroy turns his teddy bear loose, which turns it like grows claws and turns into a massive murder machine. <laughs> this is the best bit. <laughs> it is pretty cool. Just this, like you know, cool, yeah, teddy yeah. bear in his vest and bow tie. His claws, <laughs> his hands turn into like buzz saws, and he's like chasing these bats around, killing them. There's at least one really. I love this one picture on page forty-seven of this bat, like of this bat guy, like flying away in terror, like ah, this is kind of <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> They didn't sign up for this, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 love it, loving the bear more than the kid. I got to be honest. Sorry, absolutely. Leroy, but, uh, yeah. yeah. After that, um, Leroy seems to transfer into a much more business-like persona. Gives him his address, <laughs> and they go straight there. Um, they meet a blonde lady at the door who calls Leroy Daddy, and it seems like his name is actually Roland Van Peters. He's the richest man in Zero City, and I guess he just kind of periodically downloads his consciousness into different bodies to wander the city and get his kicks just from whatever happens. And that's weird. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Like you've just <laughs> you've just got a little kid body lying around that you can download yourself into. Uh, and I mean, it explains the goosing, but you know, but not yeah. much more. You know, this is you know, she. I mean, she she bubbles. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and now, but yeah, <laughs> now your girlfriend in her nineties, like like cradling you in her arms and stuff like that. I don't know. This is a yeah. lot. This is a lot. There's a lot at the end here. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Um, so anyway, just to kind of like for his trouble and to keep his mouth shut, he ends up paying Tanner a thousand creds. So all is well that ends well, frankly. Yes. <laughs> and as, as Bruce the Bear winks and the story ends. <laughs> <laughs> strange story. Str strange yeah, strange sci-fi weirdness. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Um, <laughs> but not okay is Thrill 10 Moon Runners. I mean, you say Moonrunners, you know, when I was reading this annual, because I got the annual, you know, I went out, I bought it when I knew we were going to be doing this. And I looked and I sort of just, you know, finished. I read the bear and the crazy story. And I sort of just looked across at the page and went, oh, Ace Trucking. Oh, it's good. I like Ace Trucking. You know, mm. I love that Ballard and Elliot. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, it's really going to be some good Ace Trucking stuff. And I was like, oh, they've misspelled Ace Trucking. They've spelled it Moonrunners. That's right. Because oh, they bad. look the same. What is going on here? <laughs> Yeah, script robot Alan McKenzie as Sydney Fal as, as Sydney Falco, art robot Massimo Bellinelli, letting robot Gordon Kid Robson, and from hell's heart I stab at thee, Moonrunners. I hate this story so much. <laughs> um, yeah, like you say, I mean, you know, Moonrunners came after um, Ace Trucking had ended. I mean, a Ace Trucking even fully concluded in in an earlier annual and stuff. So this is uh, yeah. it, it. It felt like it was trying to go back to getting a situation where we could get Bellardinelli drawing aliens and spaceships and stuff, but really made a poor decision to also have too, way too many humans in the course of it and stuff like that. 
Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, there are you know, and I know when you know people talk about Belardinelli, you know, that, that they love his sort of you know the, the crazy flora and fauna and the the animals and the the worlds he can create, and they say, oh yeah, but sometimes you know, like like his humans, you know, they're very very stiff, very you know, very flat, and and I sometimes say, oh, are they? And then I read this and went, oh yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, you know, I yeah, I think there's definitely let like. I mean, like any artist, I think he's sort of you know there's 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 good days and 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 bad days, and I think you know sadly at at, at his worst, um, he you know he can end up with some very stiff looking um, 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 characters when he's um, that sort of end up looking weird and bringing the story down. At his best, I think he can draw some very dynamic people, and I think he does yeah. a really good job with it. Um, but I, and I think sadly, Moonrunners were sort of coming to the end of um, of of his career in 2000 AD. I believe this is his last annual work, and we're sort uh-huh. of his 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 stuff's coming few and far between in the progs as well, and so it's very like sort of. Sort of a, a a sad kind of petering out for this artist. Yeah, we yeah, sort of ha- sure. you know ha- had from the start did those initial Dan dares and then did so yeah. many amazing things in the course of 2000 AD. You know whether it's Meltdown Man or Ace Trucking, oh, early so- slains, all the all this amazing stuff. Oh that, yeah, all that amazing stuff. No no nobody should you know go out on Moonrunners, which I'm never going to read again. You know, no. <laughs> it should tough. be you know this is, yeah. this is nobody's swan song. You know, but. Sadly, yeah. So yeah. the the spirit of St. Louis is leaving Doc, and first the first mate alien Kempo is at the control because it seems Mister Gutha, the helmet, the helmsman, is upset. He's still in the crow's nest monitoring psychic turbulence, but um, he's still crying from homesickness or maybe something more. In a flashback, Kempo explains that Goethe's people, the Gians, are a, uh, a telepathic race apart. As children, they're taken and separated from their families, put in isolation, then released as teenagers to focus their psychic powers. And if they don't return home periodically, they lose touch with reality and control of their psi abilities and it's not clear how much time they have. It's sort of the psychic version of like the Pon Far that doc, that that a Mister Spock has to deal with on Star Trek or something like that. <laughs> Again, what a, what a great strip for a miserable Christmas day this is. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, a story about being homesick and it making you like really sad and messed up. Absolutely. <laughs> It's not clear how much time they have, so Flint has them divert course to go to Gutha's world right away. But then the weirdness begins. The ship grows sails and space fills up with sausages and waves and moons made of cheese. At the same time, the ship starts getting incredibly hot and eventually starts oh sorry first there's some who's on first stuff about how hot the ship is but then it kind of melts away completely and the crew finds themselves first in like linked rowboats and then surfing and hang gliding through space taking pine box derby cars down then eventually (laughs) making their way to sitting in a living room and then being tucked into bed which seems bad especially because then eventually Flynn wakes up in a hospital bed um, with another one of these uh, Gutha aliens uh, standing over him. It turns out that things are okay. They made it to the planet eventually. The ship is battered but being fixed, and a helmsman will help them continue on their way. 
Even though Flynn isn't really strong enough to do so, he hops out of bed, says they'll be back when Guthas is feeling better, and he and Kempo head out to deliver their cargo, because you can't stop a Moonrunner, I guess. <laughs> anyway, the end of Moonrunners forever. Yeah, the end. <laughs> forever. Good. <laughs> I never read it before. Ah, once is enough. It's extremely missable, I'd say. <laughs> sort of one it's extremely of... not ace trucking, you know. That's, uh, yeah, I I'd say... I'd say you're better off just reading Ace Trucking, and even then yeah. you're probably better off reading Ace Trucking until the first time it ends, and then sort of not coming <laughs> back, basically. Like until until 1985, and after that you're sort of you're you're, oh, you're so good that, to okay. go, basically. I would say, yeah. Um, yeah. But that takes us to uh, Thrill Eleven, Droid Lifestyle, Paul Marshall. More droid profiles here. Paul Marshall likes Chinese, Italian, and Indian on one plate. I've I've been to uh, b- buffets like that for sure. Um, <laughs> Love a buffet like that. Oh yeah. His preferred company on Desert Island is a Chinese chippy, which is solid. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. No problems with that. No. I disagree with that. Uh, and says the Dirty Harry should be the next prime minister and all those sorts of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. But do you know do you know who Eddie the Eagle Edwards is? Have you come across him? Is that um he, he he's like a, a a ski jumper? Is that right? Yes. Oh, our greatest ski jumper, yeah. I want to say greatest, I mean only. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. We, I feel like there was, was like, a movie about him a, a couple years ago, as I recall. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. They made a yeah, they made a movie that yeah. It was like I mean, you know, we mainly when it comes to the Olympics in this country. You know, we like sports that involve sitting down, uh, (laughs) sitting down in a boat, sitting down on a bicycle, you know, mainly, mainly sort of sports you can relax into. Um, But those are like summer Olympic sports. You know, we were never really into the Winter Olympics as a thing. You know, there's not much skiing where I live. You know, I live just outside London. Uh, Not so much skiing uh, or bobsledding or anything. So the idea that somebody would take up ski jumping, you know, in this country as an Englishman, you know, <laughs> is kind of is kind of weird, um, and I think he sort of, yeah, I, I forget how he got into it, but he got into it, and you know, he was the best we had, which is not <laughs> the same as being the best. Don't ever confuse those two things. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but you know, it was like we didn't have, we never sent anybody ever to the Winter Olympics. So it was like, ah, we're sending somebody. He's got to be good. <laughs> not so much <laughs> um, but he tried you know he embodied the Olympic spirit so we respect him yeah. for that but I think these days he's a plasterer so you know there's, uh. there's not so much money in not being a good ski jumper that you can make a career out of it oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I mean hey that's you know the, so, so long as the as the spirit as the spirit as the soul still burns I think there's still yes. something to it I guess exactly yeah <laughs> That takes us to uh, Thrill 12, Rogue Trooper Part 3. <laughs> so Rogue realizes that there's yet another sneaky Nort invasion going on here. It's always happening. Always, always with the sneaky Nort invasions. Yeah. And as always, that starts with some mysterious group parties and groups and stuff like that. Rogue picks up the, the odor of Stamels, which we talked about last time, and investigates an alien at one of the bars that turns out to be a no-good dirty Nort. No. No, no. He takes the bubble dancer hostage 
and uh, and Rogue is forced to surrender at least until he gets Gunner to an a-, a specific angle where he can shoot and ricochet a bullet directly into the North because he's real good at that kind of stuff. Oh uh, man, I wouldn't like to play pool against these guys. You know, yeah, he's got no. all the angles. That's right. Yeah, they're they're. <laughs> oh <laughs> come on. A lot of money. That's gonna. I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> Genetically engineered for pool hustling. Oh, jeez. Um, the bubble dancer offers some gratitude, but instead, Rogue checks the bodies. It's genetically engineered. Nort carrying a message pod, confirming that the Nort plan is on. Rogue, oh no! Definitely, Rogue goes to do something about it, but as he does, he starts to fade out. Because um, and he, as he approaches a Souther checkpoint and he sees the troops have all been frozen in place. Suddenly he's stuck too and surrounded by Nort spies. They've deployed Virus X to take him out. He's already full of it. But oh no. But how? Oh, it was the bubble dancer. Her chem suit was covered in it. You can't trust these dames. Oh, bubbles. People in your bubble. That's that's the problem. Even you're not safe. You're not safe for anyone in your bubble. That's the problem these days. It's... Well, well, she's safe in her bubble. It's just that her bubble <laughs> has poison on the outside and stuff. But this is literally like I don't I don't think there's a single woman that Rogue has met in the course of his adventures that hasn't turned out to be a North spy. <laughs> It's a poor taste in women. It's, it's tough. tough. You know, there, yeah. there was Sister Sledge during uh, the, the, the the Dixie Front. There was that uh, Scandinavian lady that looked like she was from ABBA or something in a Fort Nero. Yeah. Now this lady, Venus Blue Jeans was insane. It's it's a hard time, you know. <laughs> anyway, she, this lady's a Nord, a Nord agent and she'll dance on Rogue's grave. <laughs> oh. Whoa. Ooh. It's extra because she's a dancer too, you know. So she, you, you know, she'll be good at it. You know, it's one of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, but not a private dancer, a GI dancer. Yeah, not n- not a tiny dancer either. You know, <laughs> sort of. It's a whole thing. <laughs> okay, so let's go to Thrill Thirteen, Droid Lifestyle, John Smith, and Covers, nineteen eighty nine. So, a uh, mad typist, John Smith, writer of, of, of so many things, including uh, Indigo Prime, The Tech Story Here, a bunch of other stuff, uh, Tyranny Rex, etc. Um, likes a lot of David Byrne projects. He's got both um, something with him and Brian Eno and a Talking mm-hmm. Heads um, album in his uh, top, top things. Um, and then a lot of jokes about uh, Jonathan Miller sort of ska- uh, <laughs> uh, uh, jumped around here. The, uh, weird, the, weird the TV director and uh, and presenter and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the, the book that he read, If You Could See Me Now. You you, you read that? I hadn't heard that. I had to Google that. You, no, you I, read that? I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that one. So, so I read it. It says that it's a psychological novel of sexual slayings, lost love, the twisted nature of truth and of ghosts. So there Excellent. we go. Yeah, I'm 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 familiar with the artist for or with the writer for that one, Peter Straub. He did some collaborations with Stephen King and stuff like that. Um, uh, so I sort okay. of, you know, yeah. stuff a lot. So I I figured there was something along those lines for the record. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> But so then we go to uh, uh, covers of 1989, which is the um, 
art droids picking um, their favorite 2000 AD covers for the year. Um, Simon Harrison just picks something by Simon Bisley. Like, it literally just says, like, I would like to pick something by Bisley because if I don't pick him, go, because I didn't pick him last year and I know he gets upset about these things. <laughs> oh, man, you know, when, when we said, you know, that sort of, you know, the, the alphabet, you know, the index of things was, was filler but useful. Oh, this is at the other end of... You know, this is still filler, and this is the other end of useful. Yeah, it's, oh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's this is this is shameless filler. This is like <laughs> no, we we got nothing, and we spent the budget. Yeah. Uh, uh, what should we do? I know we're gonna we're gonna stick some covers in, and maybe even if somebody's already picked that cover, we're gonna put it in again. Yeah, that's definitely. Like, that's that's, <laughs> that's the real what? crime, I think. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, I mean, it, I. I feel like this might actually evolve to more than filler again if this was sort of in color so you can kind of see these cool covers in their original way. But as it is in black and white, they definitely lose a lot. And like you say, like, um, yeah, there's a like a John a John Higgins Dread, a Steve Yol Anderson, and the Steve Cook uh, it's a it's atomic cover all nominated twice, which I guess twice. makes them the to- the cop co- cover, but whoa, really makes this the fillerist filler of just like you aren't even <laughs> this, this we, is premium filler. This is so filler. This is like can't even be bothered to like cut extra covers to put to in in the layout department. You know, <laughs> we're just gonna do some copy pasting here. It's gonna be fine. You know. Terrible. And so that then takes us quickly to Thrill 14, Rogue Trooper Part 4. Yes. (laughs) Rogue's been captured by a Nort infiltration unit. Even the bartender's in on it because he's a vet, all right. A Nort vet. Ah. Dirty, dirty. In the cellar of of the bar, there's thousands of oxygen uh, bottles ready to resupply a coming Nort invasion. And there's nothing Rogue can do about it because he's been drugged by Virus X, which is this um, thing based on New Earth plants that basically paralyzes Rogue. Um, Trapped in the basement, Rogue realizes, however, that he's not alone as the ceiling's covered in weird fungus aliens. My favorite song. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Bagman's able to communicate with them with his translating abilities. They're Rondonians, pacifist aliens, at least until the chips remind them that Rondo was one of the one of the Norts' first conquests, so they pick sides very quickly. The aliens start to help Rogue when the Norts show up and blast them. When it's in the midst of death, one of the Rondonians manages to slide Rogue a seal buster. Sneaky. Love, love a seal buster. Love yeah. it could use it at any time to blow up all of these um, oxygen tanks. But before that, he wants to warn the other aliens first, but he's got to find a way to do it without alerting the Norts. Okay, can I ask about uh, frame one uh, on page 70 of this? This It looks a bit... I haven't got the original progs to hand to be able to to check it out. Mm. Let's think about that that, that big opening frame... uh, on page 70 it's like it's a very suspicious looking i don't know the sort of the alien in the bottom right doesn't really look like cam kennedy drew it like somebody copied it hmm. and there's an alien sort of on the shoulder of the guy on the left hand side which is like more detailed than cam than cam kennedy would do Interesting. Uh, I, there's a bit there's a bit of something going on with that and i think uh, yeah i can't quite work it out that somehow you know that 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 was a smaller frame but somehow they've had to 
blow it up. Let me, let me, Maybe let, it's like an advert or something. Let me double check with Prague 346 here and see what's going on. Okay, yeah. Just one, <laughs> one moment. Yeah. Maybe it was all the same. But, you know, often when you, you know, you look at these old annuals, and, you know, and they've had to recut the strips to fit into the annual, you can often see there's like a sort of a little fine line. Yeah, actually, which yeah. Which is the original line. And then, and then above or below that, you know, there's some real sort of just hatching where somebody's just drawn some black lines you know like no absolutely yeah you're 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 absolutely right actually a lot of this art has been redone from the prog to make it taller basically it's it's funny i noticed because a lot of times in these reprints there'll be like a bar along the top that just says something like like direct from the 2080 archives or something like that but this one very much looks like um someone's been added and sort of re-edited things to um to make the whole comic taller so in in the original comic oh yeah this is cool actually because yeah in the original comic this alien in the bottom right you only see like maybe the top half of his head basically yeah, okay yeah. and the same thing with this alien that's got the uh like the 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 thing over his shoulder like mm. the box with rogue is sort of covering that guy up to his waist and stuff like that yeah, okay, okay. similarly in the uh in the, in the next panel you've got this full full panel of these norts on stamels in the wilderness but in the original the the stamp the stamels bottom feet are sort of over the uh, the skyline of the city and stuff. I'll 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 actually post some comparison images in the mm. uh, in cool. the thing for this in the uh, in in the notes for the show because I think this is kind of interesting that someone sort of yeah. they've gone in and extend and 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 extended some panels. It's like when yeah, a, uh, like the TV show yeah. gets gets formatted for for sixteen nine or something like that, and they sort of yeah yeah you get that in a lot of you know old annuals you know you go through it and you can see there's normally like a little line which you can just see as like, ah hang on that's where the top used to be at that frame and now you know there's like a poorly drawn in you know whatever it is something above it something below it but it's just you know yeah because the, annu- the the annual pages are so or the because uh, these annuals are, are sort of standard page shape whereas 2008 mm-hmm. is very square so they have to sort of yeah. compensate for it yeah. okay cool. yeah good good look sorry yeah that would that's an excellent mm-hmm. observation i didn't even notice yeah. that but Definitely good looking out for sure. That's yeah. awesome. Um, and that takes us to Thrill 15, 2080 Annual Part 2. More indexes here. Mach Zero to Zippy Couriers. Um, there is a big section of Rogue Trooper stories in here, which then got reprinted in the 2080 annual or the, uh, in the Rogue Trooper Annual that, that came out this year, the right. one and only Rogue Trooper Annual. Reprint filler. Oof. That's really, the really the, the greatest sin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no shame, no shame. These people. Well, yeah, yeah. Listen, and I Ron mean, Turner. I see some Ron Turner. You, you, you guys don't like Ron Turner, is that right? I, I, I had some early, early prog reviews. Ron, Ron Turner, Rick Random. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't scratch that itch, man. Just, just let it go. You know. Listen, I'll say, I'll say, telling details that when Iscara <laughs> came on for those la- for that last section of Rick Random, he that was that was a that was a Long John Silver joint, not a Carlos Iscara <laughs> joint. You know. <laughs> oh, and and it looks like his name has been expunged from it. So that's that's pretty solid as well. <laughs> that tells you all you need to know about what they think about because uh, that because that last that last uh, Rick Random episode clearly a scare work one hundred percent. So you yeah. know, I see I see what's going on here with these Stalinist um, <laughs> uh, thrill indexes or whatever. 
But I guess speaking of a re of a refighting World War Two, as always, let's finish up Thrill Sixteen Rogue Trooper Part Five. Yes. The Nord attack is almost at Cairo, but the soldiers are also running low on air. Oh no! Oh no! Meanwhile, Rogue is able to broadcast to the aliens of the Gazbah to evacuate and warn the Humes. Uh, this causes a riot. And before Rogue can blow up the oxygen, the Nort collaborators show up and draw their guns on him. <laughs> Luckily, his new alien friends show up to save him, rupturing their seals. It's that one. It's like both the brutals that he fought at the beginning of the story and that uh, one giant one from the motel rooms that just sort of sacrifices a tentacle to uh, to save the town. Uh, <laughs> Take your one for the team. We've all been there. <laughs> you know, hey, when you can regrow those ones, when you can yeah. regrow your arms, it's, it's, it's easy enough, I guess. <laughs> it's not a sacrifice, is it? You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it, uh, blows up the oxygen. Good times. The aliens run out of the gasba as the brutals carry rogue and the hotel guest explodes the oxygen. The Southers are saved and the blowout has actually cleaned up the gasba, making it a nice place to live now. The Southers and aliens decide to live in in peace as the Nord attackers are taken uh, captive. And this is just a nice, rare 100% win for Rogue Trooper. For once. (laughs) (laughs) Literally never happens usually. Usually it's like, oh, yes, like we've won a little bit, but also war war is hell or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, No, this is your Christmas story, right? I mean, this is like, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Happy days, happy days, Christmas day. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah. solid, solid story, solid rogue story for Christmas. After that, there's an ad for the uh, Judge Dread two thousand for the uh, Judge Dread annual, which which we'll be talking about on Friday. That's a fun one. That's Ooh. the one with the uh, with the with the Judge Dread Strong Team Dog crossover and a couple Ooh. other things. Um, it's got a very early story by Dan Abnett in there as well, which I'm I'm excited about. Um, Oh, Dan Abner. Oh, you can find him in Lucky and all sorts of strange Marvel UK titles, doing all sorts of TV tie-in work. Oh, yeah, he comes up in all sorts of strange yeah, comics. Yeah, definitely. This, I go, yeah. yeah, this is that, yeah, this, like, early Abner where he's very much just working in, a th- doing a thousand different things all over the place. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, not sort of still still fighting his feet a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what was I found him in. Uh, uh, Galaxy Rangers. Uh, a lot, of, yeah, a lot of TV tie-in stuff actually. Dan Abner um, when he was working for Marvel UK, um, and yeah, and anything that had been on TV, uh, he might get the, <laughs> get the call um, to to adapt. Uh, so Galaxy Rangers, uh, Mighty Max. That was that was like a cartoon. <laughs> Uh, series he, he had to work on that um, biker mice from Mars yes yeah absolutely yes. I've, I've, yeah yeah no, I mean I mean I I I first knew him from uh, from uh, fr- 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 from Warhammer stuff actually so it's yes. funny to kind of yeah. see him like to see wait that's the same guy like when I read like we're modern 2080 stuff you know it's sort of yeah, yeah, I mean, he's guy who very much has a, has a finger in a lot of different pies for sure <laughs> yeah yeah cool so let's get to the let's finish up we're at at our last story thrill 17 incident at the end of the world 
This one's uh, script wrote about Alan Grant, art wrote about Keith Page, letter about Gordon Kid Robson. I get this one. I guess is is paired with the story uh, "Incident at the Birth of the Universe" from the 1988 Winter Special. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, did, did, have you seen Keith Page before? Has he has he done a does a, done a lot? Done anything? No, I, I I um I think he's done one one thing in like in in uh in 2000 AD. I don't think he's done a ton of stuff otherwise though in the okay. in the pro. No, no. I mean I, I recognize him because he, I mean he used to be sort of a like a a fan artist uh you know so you know, he's a big I mean he's he's still working now uh and I guess I first saw him in some of his work that he did he's a big Dan Dare fan um Oh nice. So, so there was a in 1980 so, so that would have been like the 30th anniversary of the original Eagle. Uh, he, he did a bunch of covers. You know, there was a big convention uh, and he did uh, the covers and a lot of work uh, that went into those the sort of the souvenir programs and things that were put out at the time um, for that convention. And he then, you know, he segued that into a career, I guess, working for Fleetway, working on a whole uh, bunch of titles, uh, in, you know, including New Eagle, including 2000. AD, uh, all sorts yeah. of uh, I know strips. He, he did one. He had art in one 2000 AD, and then a bunch, and then some coloring for the for the magazine in the uh, in the okay. like uh, early nineties, like around ninety three or so. He, he mm-hmm. colored a lot of John Hinklinton stuff. It looks like okay, okay, wow, They're very different artists. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm sort of in, like he's got an interesting style here. It's definitely very distinctive. Like it's a it's a different John, like his 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 image his his version of Johnny Alpha. I think is different from ones that I've seen in um you know or just a very a very like distinctive Johnny Alpha. I'd say as opposed to sort of yeah. appears elsewhere. And this feels like an early Johnny Alpha story. Also, like I mean it it because mm-hmm. he talks about sending this bounty back to like twenty. 2170 or something like that which is really at the start of Johnny's career he's got kind of a kind of a I said he had kind of a Jason Momoa kind of look to him I guess like the guy who plays Aquaman yeah, and stuff like that like yeah, just with yeah. this with this he, he, he's got a big mop of like curly hair and stuff that really yeah. um, and like, like the sort of the the SD outfit he has on you know that that looks I don't know, like it's you know really talking back to you know those really yeah like the the, like the, the, the Star Wars days yeah absolutely yeah. yeah you know which is odd because you know it, sure you know he must have had a lot of reference material I can't believe the only reference I don't know maybe he read Star Lord and he loved Star Lord yeah, uh, yeah it, me... it feels like he's definitely going for a look here is what I'd I'd, yeah. I'd say for sure. Um, but so Johnny finds himself on Earth as the sun is about to go nova. All the water's gone. The soil's baked away. There's, suppo- there's supposedly no mutants, no norms, no life at all, except for his bounty, Doc Volovsky. <laughs> Johnny sort of shouts out, demands his surrender. But something with a big with big bird feet grabs the doctor and carries him off. <laughs> Johnny's concerned because definitely everything should be dead until he sees a pair of these weird guys that are like covered in hair with with like male pattern baldness and, uh, <laughs> and blue skin and stuff like that um, and clubs and stings. He um, he's he doesn't really want to kill them. So instead of uh, shooting them, he hits them with a time bomb and sort of warps them a few hours away or w- first tries to stop him with his alpha vision, then then time bombs him a few hours away and sort of gets and a, and a runs. 
Love a time bomb. Yeah, he tries to shoot it, but his gun's power pack is damaged, so he kind of can't just do the obvious answer. Um, he runs down a tunnel through the wreckage of millions of years of civilization. In the ruins of Milton Keynes, Johnny sees the doctor being carried by a bunch of these blue guys to a statue of the doctor himself? Weird. Ooh. Yeah. Johnny goes to threaten them, but the weirdos just bow down to Doc Velosky. Johnny runs in and the doc asks, please take me back to the present. I don't know what's going on with these blue guys, but I don't like it. <laughs> and But, you know, he's worried about what's going to happen. They seem to be worshipping him and that's not real. You know, that's a weird situation. Um, he says he wants to go back to 2170, like I said, which is very early in Johnny's career. Um, but Johnny says no, because the courts would just find he just, you know, pay a high price lawyer. He'd pay the cops to let him off or something like that. He was here to kill Volovsky, but instead decides just to leave him in the future. He tried to play God with mutants and he'd better hope these primitives don't learn how to read. Ooh. He hits, a, he hits a time grenade and returns to the past as future folk worship the doctor in front of a statue saying that he killed th a thousand mutants in the course of genetic experiments and he's hated by mutants everywhere. Da, da, da. I like this statue. You don't see a lot of statues that are um, like, hey, I hate this person. We, we hate these guys. <laughs> Yeah, it's a whole, a whole new thing for statues, you know. Rather than people we like, ah, not so much the people we like, you know. Yeah. People we really don't like. I'm happy with. I I could see some statues out there being rebranded in this way. I guess, like, you know, <laughs> it seems like a compromise. I guess. Um, man, with that, Richard Chief, we finished the 1991 2080 oh, annual. We it. Oh, it's marvelous. Oh. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. All right, so with that, I have a question for you, which is what are your top and bottom thrills? Uh, uh, my bottom thrills uh, are, the, are the covers. You know, that's, you know, that's filler to the, you know, the re you, oh, yeah, no, you're definitely. printing stuff from one page to the next. This is filler on filler. This is, <laughs> within a filler section, there is filler. This is filler squared. I, 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 can't be, I can't be having this. This is, this, this would drive me mad. Uh, so, so I'm not having so that e e that even beats out uh, Moon Runners for me. The you know, <laughs> just too much, too much filler. Uh, and, and my top thrill, um, I'm I'm going to have to go uh, with, uh, with 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 Rogue. Um, I just you know the Cam, Cam Kennedy's artwork. Uh, I just I love so much. You know the the Stammels, the the the, the crazy aliens. Um, even some of the, you know the fact that actually you know for a lot of the story at the, towards the end. A road can't move, so they have to work out a way to, you know, <laughs> get there to be a happy Christmas ending, even though he can't move. Uh, so very, very neatly done. So uh, yeah, so so top and bottom thrills are our road uh, and the covers. Excellent. Yeah, I think for me, I guess if I, if I had to choose a non filler thing, I definitely choose uh, Moon Runners as my oh, yeah. bottom thrill. Yeah. Um, Leaving that aside, I feel like I definitely think, yeah, the like the the, the cover section is appalling, just because there's <laughs> not just because, as you say, there's doubles, but because there's so many doubles. There's three, there's three yeah. doubles, which means like ah, it's just ridiculous. Um, 
For my top, I think I'm going to say um, Lost in Zero for my top, the Night Zero story. Um, I, I thought that was a, oh. just a really fun, random thing. I like the bear killing all those bad dudes and just yes. the general, like, um, I don't know, like, again, this kind of noir comedy of errors kind of thing. And I, and I kind of like, I think Night Zero is kind of a forgotten thrill. So I'm happy to mm-hmm. see it have another installment here. Um, just sort cool. of for random action and stuff like that. Awesome. Okay. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitch, or the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter. We're at Space Spinner 2K for everything else. Look at Space Spinner 2000 and you'll find us there. The show is brought to you by Steve Green and your friends at the 2080 Forums. If you'd like to join them and help support the show, we'd really appreciate it. Please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash cradaline. That's our podcast network. There you can find the show and receive a ton of excellent rewards, including advanced episodes, coverage of the modern of coverage of modern 2000 AD in the Meg, and monthly Q&As with Fox and myself. So, uh, Richard, where can we find the Boys Adventure Comics blog? Uh, you can find it at uh, boysadventurecomics.blogspot.com, posting every day uh, about British comics. Fantastic. And I'll, I'll post a link to that in the notes of the show as well. Um, awesome. Excellent. I, I love your blog. I, 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 I read it pretty much every day. It's on my, on my feeds and things like that. So it's always cool to just see cool. another, another dive into this world of British comics. You know, I've sort of, I've sort of come into it late in life, but it's really, it's really neat to kind of see this stuff be, be talked about and things. It's, awesome. it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Oh, yeah. So, Great. yeah, definitely. And so, uh, Everyone, check us out later this week. We'll be looking at the 1991 Judge Dredd Annual, we'll, where we'll have, as I mentioned, the long-awaited Judge Dredd Strontium Dog crossover Top Dogs, among other delights. Ooh. And then come back on Monday as we say goodbye to trips. Ne- ne- Necropolis nears the end game. Slain has to make some hard choices. Dry Run gets juiced. And we'll return one final time to Kronos Carnival. And until then, I'm Conrad, he's Richard, and we are Space Fitter 2000! Splunk! Splunk! Splunk!